And speaking of outside the box, we're looking at Matthew 5.5, 5, and this is a sermon that Jesus preached where everything he said just basically went against the grain and outside the box. And in Matthew 5.5, 5, it's a really short phrase here, and it says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. In older translations, it says, the meek shall inherit the earth. A friend of mine said one time, well, let the meek inherit the earth because then we'll just kick their tails and take it back. <laughs> Problem with definitions there, right? People don't really understand what meek means or humble means. But God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the earth. Great verse. And a lot of Jesus' teachings are counterintuitive. They run completely against American culture, completely against what we would consider a logical formulation like love your enemies, bless those who persecute you. Uh, if you want to find out what life is all about and get true life, lose your life. Uh, and then he says, God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the earth. And our reaction is, what? It just doesn't seem like humility is going to get you very far, especially in our culture in our society and in the world we live in, you look at somebody and think about the uh, quality of humility, and basically what Jesus is saying here is the way up is down. He turns culture on its head and says the way up is down. If you want to be exalted, you need to humble yourself. If you want to inherit the earth, you have to be humble. Uh, but humility, there's a problem here with definition, and there's a problem with application, right? Tell the person next to you, definition... An application. Two problems with the humble shall inherit the earth, right? The problem with definition is that people don't understand the word humble. You hear the word humble and humility and you think of a wuss or someone who has low self-esteem or someone who asks a girl out on a date and says, uh, you wouldn't want to go out with me, would you? Eh. Look, I know you've already got your answer no pre-programmed, but let me just tell you why it'd be fun to go miniature golfing with me, okay? Uh, humility isn't getting kicked around or uh, thinking that you're no good or you're awful or not having any self-confidence when you speak or you go to work. Uh, some people say, well, I can't do a resume because that's not humble. That's not the humility we're talking about. Humility isn't uh, thinking of yourself poorly, like low self-esteem. It's just not thinking much about yourself at all. It's putting God and other people ahead of yourself. Humility isn't, man, I'm terrible. I'm just awful. I'm no good. My family sucks. I, my town is horrible. I don't have anything to offer. Who would want to be a Christian then? You're like, wow. Humility is not thinking of yourself very much. It's not that you're, you're not confident and you're not quality or good at what you do. It's just that you don't obsessively think about yourself. It's like the guy, the arrogant guy who took the girl out on a date, right? And they sat down at Denny's and he ordered the sampler and she got the Caesar salad. Wait, am I talking about us or about... The, it, this arrogant guy, right? So he's sitting down and he tells the girl and he just talks all about himself for like 20 minutes. And then it occurs to him that she hasn't talked. And he said, well, enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? Right? That's not humility. Humility is thinking of yourself less. 
We know that because Paul boasted about his assigned field of service. He said, I boast, I will boast about my assigned field. Paul defended his apostleship strenuously in his letters. Gideon's men shouted, the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. So they were proud of their leader. They shouted his name. It'd be like saying the sword of the Lord and the sword of Pastor Zach, right? Or today we might say the iPad of the Lord and the iPad of Pastor Zach or the cell phone or the Galaxy Note 2. We honor and respect our leaders. So humility isn't about being shy or timid or withdrawn or a wilting flower. Humility is simply thinking of yourself as a servant. We know that because Paul, after all the bragging he did about his apostleship and his place of service, he said, in the end, we are all just unworthy servants. And a true follower of Jesus Christ is humble. <clears throat> if you call yourself a Christian and you aren't like your leader, Christ, then you're not really a Christian after all. Because a Christian is like Jesus, and Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me, because I am humble. I am meek. If you want to be like Jesus, you have to be humble. Just like fire is hot and ice is cold, a Christian is humble. A Christian is not arrogant. A Christian doesn't seek to push himself up. A Christian doesn't knock other people down to get ahead. Jesus said, I am gentle and humble in heart. And if you follow Jesus, you've got to be gentle and humble in heart. And those are the people that are going to inherit the earth, the people that are humble, the people that are meek, the people that put other people first, the people that are servants, because humble people have a servant's heart. It's impossible to be the servant of all if we don't possess the attitude of a servant. And that's what Jesus possessed, was the attitude of a servant. If you want to know if you're really being humble, if you're really being a person full of the humility of Jesus, ask yourself who you're serving. Who am I serving? If you can only make a list of one or two people, my boss, and I don't know who else, you're probably not humble. We should be able to make a fairly large list of people that we serve, like a servant. And if you look at Jesus' attitude here in Philippians 2, we find this incredible description of Jesus. Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Now, what's that attitude? Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross." So we have the example of Jesus, who being the King of kings and the Lord of lords, came down, made himself as nothing, and gave up everything, and suffered, and bled, and was betrayed by his best friends, was abandoned by everyone around him except for John. One guy was so eager to run away, he even ran buck naked through the garden to get away from the Roman soldiers. And then when he was all by himself, he was punched and whipped 
and mistreated and lied about. And then as he hung up on the cross, bled and dying, he thought about his mother. He thought about unfulfilled prophecy. He prayed for his enemies. He took time for the thief next. I would have been, dude, uh, <laughs> I'd love to talk to you right now, but my dance card's kind of full here. I'm like, dying on the cross right now, okay? And don't really have much time to talk to you. But as he's hanging on the cross, he's bleeding and dying. He takes time to look at the thief next to him on the cross and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And then when he has all the sins of the world pressed into his Holy Spirit, he screams out those horrible words, God, why have you forsaken me? And God separates from him and he bears all of our sins on the cross. Peter says he carried our sins on the cross. And then he said those words, it's finished, and gave up his spirit and died. Became as nothing, gave it all up, gave away his whole life at that moment on the cross. And Paul says... Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves and look to the attitude of Jesus if you're wondering what that looks like. Consider other people better than yourselves. Like that guy that cuts you off on the 15 when you're trying to get to work. He's better than you. Like the lady in front of you at Vons who has 20 items in her cart, and she's supposed to have 10, right, in that particular register, you consider her better than yourself. Or that good friend you have that betrayed you and lied about you. Or that person that took advantage of you. Or that family member or in-law that you can't stand. Humility is considering them better than yourself. Tell the person next to you, you're better than me. Doesn't that hurt? Did that hurt? Did that sting? Especially those of you that are married. Did that sting a little bit? Did that hurt? One husband came home and he told his wife, he said, I'm the king and you're nothing. And she told him, that makes you the king of nothing. The person next to you, humility means that the person sitting next to you is better than you. And so you don't have any rights you're here to serve and be humble. And if your mentality is that everyone else is better than me, humility will follow naturally. But if your attitude is that you're somehow special and you're better than everybody else, you'll never inherit the earth. Because the Bible says the humble will inherit the earth and we're thinking outside the box. And humility in action is just practical service. If you want to show humility and be, and be a person who gives Practical service, just serve somebody, bring somebody a cup of coffee, wash somebody's car, just do an act of practical service. It's impossible to be the servant of all and not put our hands to work in practical ways. I want to do ministry, but I just don't want anything that takes effort or makes me sweat or puts me in an awkward position. Humility, washing the dishes, serving other people, cleaning the bathroom. Are you too good to clean a bathroom? Are you too good to get down on your knees and plunge a toilet? Are you too good to, to serve the children in a children's class or to be a volunteer at a youth event? Are you, are you too good to do that? Are somehow you too special to serve other people? And then we look at our master Jesus and what he did and what he laid down for us, and we just say, man... The meek really do inherit the earth. The humble do inherit the earth. And guess what? Title and position are not at all important to a humble servant. 
This also flows against our American culture, titles and positions and ranks and authority. Anyone obsessed with fame and title will never be a humble servant. If you're concerned about what people call you, if you're concerned about your rank or your title or your position in the church or in your family or in your company, if that's obsessively important to you, you're not humble and you're not a servant. I go to pastor's uh, luncheons and sometimes breakfasts in South Texas. And there's no group of people more insecure than a group of pastors together. It's sad and it's a little pathetic. We're a bit of a freak show when you get pastors together. And I got guys giving me business cards that say doctor, apostle, prophet, head honcho, big shot. Sometimes it just takes my breath away to look at the business card, you know? And you sit around and try to sip coffee, and everybody's coming up telling you how many they had in Sunday and what their offerings are like on Sunday. And, and then a guy was telling me the other day about the size of his creative team, and I told him, just do what I do. You know what my creative team is? Andy Stanley's creative team. That's my creative team. Pastors get that joke, right? Andy Stanley's creative. Thank you. But it's just kind of awkward because everybody wants to use a title and and it's not enough just to say, I serve in such a church. No, you got to have a title where you serve in the church, and it's got to be a big title. It's got to be an impressive title. Um, and it helps if you just came from the men's warehouse and you have a nice new suit with a nice tie and some wingtips. And then you read the Bible, and it talks about the humble inheriting the earth. And then you see the story in Mark chapter 10 where the disciples had the same problem. In Mark 10, 35, the Bible says James and John came... To Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And what do you want me to do for you? He asked. And they replied, Let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. Jesus said, You don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? Yes, we can. Well, you got to admire that whole Bob the Builder thing, but I don't think they had any idea what they, were, what they were up for because they ended up having to drink that drink down the line. You will, you will drink the cup I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong for those whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Now, we wouldn't know anything about that in Southern California, would we? That never happens in politics or in business. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all, for even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, it's not where you sit. It's not your title. It's not your rank. It's not how many people that work for you. I talked to a guy once, and he said, I, I have 2,000 people under me on my job. He said, yeah, I mow the yard at the graveyard down the street twice a week. Powerful. 
Just give it a minute for the people from Riverside to laugh, and then we'll move on, okay? Just go quietly. In the quietness of your heart, like the Baptists say, right? But it's not, about, it's not about your rank. It's not about your title. It's not about what a hot shot you are at work. It's not about how many different name badges you get to wear or your economic status. It's about the kind, of, kind and quality of a servant you are to other people. Because in Christianity, that's what's important. It's about serving. Now, a few years ago, we were invited to a pastor's conference, and the first one they had was in Dallas at the uh, Gaylord Hotel, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys organization. I'll just take a moment and let that sink in. Five rings, five trophies, Tony Romo. So we were in the hotel, right? We're walking into the hotel, and we were one of the first ones that arrived. And this couple come out. And they said, would you like some coffee? I said, sure, we'll have some coffee. And I said, you know what? I, I, I drink mine with cream. So they went running back to bring me cream. And uh, they asked if we wanted a pastry, and so we got a pastry. They asked us where our church was and where we served, and they sat down with us, and they kept getting us water and things. And I thought, I said, well, these are really nice, sweet people. These must be some of the people that are helping, some of the team that's helping coordinate this pastor's conference, right? They didn't tell us who they were right away. And then after we talked with them for a while, I turned to Esther, I said, uh, I think that's Dale O'Shields. She said, who's Dale O'Shields? I said, he has a church in Maryland, Gaithersburg, Maryland, of over 5,000 people. It's Church of the Redeemer. I think this is him. And so I just kind of quietly asked, are you, uh, are you Pastor Dale? And he said, yeah, yes, I am. And then I thought to myself, and I sent him to fetch cream for my coffee just a minute ago? It was pretty embarrassing. But they didn't care. They didn't care. A couple years ago, he, he broke an arm or he sprained his arm or something because he saw a light that needed to be changed, found a ladder, and climbed up on the ladder to fix the light in the youth room of their church and ended up hurting himself because he was trying to serve and change a light bulb. And his staff got really angry and said, Pastor Dale, we don't pay you to change light bulbs. They're just servants. They're just sweet people. They were just there to serve. He didn't care how many people were in his church or what his name was or the fact that he was in a famous Dallas Cowboy hotel. He was just there to serve other people, right? And that's what it's about. It's not about your rank. It's not about your title. It's about serving. I remember, and God has a way. He has a way. If you slip into arrogant mode, if you start thinking you're pretty hot stuff, God has a way to get a little needle out and just kind of go, Remember, I was standing at the door of our church a few years ago after I preached. It was such an awesome sermon. The sermon was actually so good that the deacons came running up with a cup and said, hey, pee in this cup. We're going to see if you're on steroids because that was an awesome sermon. We just, we got to know, we got to know right now if you were getting enhanced help with that message, right? Because it was just so awesome. And I was just glowing with the joy of having knocked one out of the park, right? And I stood at the door graciously, you know, greeting people. And this lady had brought a friend, and she came to the door. And her friend said, oh, pastor, you're, the way you communicate and your humor, and I just so enjoyed the service. And I said, oh, that's just so wonderful that you enjoyed me. That was great. Uh, thank you for coming. And, and then her friend turned to her and said, ah, oh, but you should have heard his dad. 
Now, that was a preacher. His dad could, I just kind of went, I came up, and then, and I was right back down to the weenie that I am, right, in about five seconds. Because if you, if you start getting full of yourself, God just has a way of coming in and saying, wait a minute, you're, you're not like me. And suddenly we're put, I remember it was several months ago, I went to, you have CeCe's Buffet here, pizza? I went to CeCe's, right, and I'm standing in line, <clears throat> and I get to the front, and the lady said, are you familiar with our buffet? I said, ma'am, really? I mean, just give me the stupid plate in the cup, right? In those moments, right, in those moments, you just say, the meek shall inherit the earth, right? The humble shall inherit the earth. But here's the thing. We said it was about definition and about application, right? It's not just about definition. It's about application. And the application is... We need a new uniform because we have to put on Jesus Christ. The application isn't cowboying up and getting more humble. It's not, I'm going to make myself more humble. It's actually putting on the Lord Jesus. We have to clothe ourselves in the Lord Jesus. We have to actually supernaturally become more like Christ. In Romans 13, 12, the Bible says, The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us believe, behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul doesn't say, cowboy up and don't be a human being. He doesn't say, try really hard to be like Jesus. He said you actually have to clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus. Have you ever tried by yourself to get rid of arrogance and pride? Benjamin Franklin kept a diary. And for a whole week, Benjamin Franklin said, I'm going to become more humble. And he focused on being humble for a whole week. Every day, every day, he said, I'm going to be humble. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to be humble. And at the end of the week, he achieved his goal he was proud of being humble, and he wasn't humble anymore. And he wrote in his diary, I failed because now I'm proud of my new humility. You can't, you can't just cowboy up and be humble. You have to die to yourself and put on the Lord Jesus, because none of us can do all these things we've talked about. When I, uh, when I perform weddings, I always preach for about 10 minutes in the wedding. You know, you bring out some points on marriage and love, and they're really not listening. Nobody's really listening. But I know it's being recorded, and maybe later, later they'll listen to it. But one of the things I do is I always read 1 Corinthians 13. In every wedding, I read 1 Corinthians 13, and it says love is patient, and love is kind, and love doesn't boast, and love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. And it always hopes and always loves and always endures and never fails. And the look on their faces when I'm reading all these, just, there's no way, man. Those of you that are married, there's no way that you can work that out in a marriage. There's no way. I mean, where do you want to go to eat? I don't care. You tell me. Okay, let's go to Logan's Road. No, I don't want to go there. You just told me. You don't care where we want to go to eat. 
Well, give me another option. Pollo loco. Ah, I don't feel like chicken right now. So what this is, is you're just going to throw up options, me throw up options, and you're going to knock them down like a skeet shoot, right? And now we're arguing about lunch, and now we get to lunch, and we're not happy because it's not where either of us really wanted to eat. We can't love like 1 Corinthians 13. We can't even get out of the parking lot and go to lunch. We can't, get, we can't even get going. It's impossible. That's why Christianity is about putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to die to yourself because you can't love like that. And if you're married and you think you can love like 1 Corinthians 13, you're out of your mind. There's nobody that can love like that. Jesus can, though. And if you die to yourself and you say, Jesus, I need you to carry me right now. I, I need you to show me how to love. I need you to show me humility. Please help me to be a servant. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. If you humble yourself and you say, God, I can't do it. I cannot be humble like that. I need you to help me and give me your spirit. And I need you to clothe me with Jesus Christ. And I need you to remind me of what you went through on the cross. And I need you to, to remind me that you never opened your mouth and you never answered your accusers and you never took a shot when you had a chance to do it and you were abandoned by your friends and you took them back and you weren't bitter, and you didn't wait for years for them to call you, but you went out to find them. I need you to teach me that kind of humility and clothe me in that kind of humility. God will do that, and sometimes it takes time. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Sometimes it takes time to grow, and it takes time. And, and maybe if I come back in a couple of years, you'll be more humble than you are now. But if we're clothing ourselves in Jesus, it can happen. You can be humble like that. You can be a servant. And the cool thing is, is that you look more like your Savior when you die to yourself and be a hum, become a humble servant. You look more like Jesus when you serve, when you look out for other people, when you don't obsessively think about yourself all the time, when you focus on other people and you look at that person next to you and in front of you and behind you and you say, man, those are more important than me. Those people are more important than me. I'm going to put on the uniform of a servant. I'm going to serve people because that's when I look the most like Jesus. Jesus was a servant all the way to death. And for us as Christians, we just have to say, Jesus, please, you know I'm selfish. I'm arrogant. Please clothe me with your spirit, with your attitude, that attitude that Paul talked about in Philippians 2. Clothe me with your spirit. And as we're clothed in humility, then Jesus helps us to serve others and get rid of all that selfishness. And the Bible says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. The way up is down. If you want to inherit the earth, if you want to be exalted, the way to get up is to go down and be a servant, be a humble servant. But I don't have, I mean, the application here, the definition, the application I don't have five steps to becoming a humble servant. I just don't have that. There's one step. It's saying, Jesus, kill me. The Bible says I'm crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I just need to die and let Jesus be birthed in me. That's the answer. It's about the gospel. It's about Jesus being born in us. And all these beatitudes, that's what it's about. It's about me walking with 
the Holy Spirit hand in hand with Christ, and every day a little less Jim, and every day a little more Jesus. That's what it's all about, and being a humble servant. And I'll tell you what, if you have a church where everybody, every day is praying this prayer, saying, Jesus, make me a humble servant, make me a humble servant, and everybody's looking to serve everybody else, you, you almost have heaven, because that's what heaven is. Heaven is everybody behaving like Jesus. Everybody serving everybody else. Everybody looking for a chance uh, to serve and where they can help. And that's what it's about. So I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. Jesus, as we, uh, as each of us think about this Bible verse, this simple Bible verse, Lord, about the humble inheriting the earth, and we think about our own sinfulness and our own selfishness and our own wicked pride and arrogance and how much we obsess about our position and our rank and our title, and it's just disgusting. I look in my heart, Lord, and I'm disgusted. We ask you to come, Jesus, and as we pray to you, just please clothe us with your spirit today, the spirit of Jesus Christ who offered up everything on the cross for us, the Jesus who came and become, became as nothing as a servant, as a lowly servant and came down and died. We ask you to clothe us with that spirit this morning so that we can serve and we can be humble. We can look most like Jesus in that moment. Because people are looking for someone who lives outside the box. Somebody who lives differently than everybody else. We ask you to make us those people, Lord. We're nothing special, God. We need you. We need you to come, Lord, and clothe us with your spirit, with your attitude. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.